This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are discussing, well, this episode, we're calling it Day of Perfect Snacks. Yeah, it was suggested by listener Harriet, who called it Day of Perfect Junk Food, but we we reject the junk food, real food dichotomy here. Oh, big time. At the same time, that sounded like a really fun idea. Mm-hmm. So, so we're making it the Day of Perfect Snacks. I think we're going to spend most of the episode arguing about what is a snack. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> so thank you, listener Harriet, for making this argument possible. Uh, well, let's hash out some ground rules. Okay. So, uh, I love hashing out ground rules. Okay, let's so, define the relationship. Okay. <laughs> well, we're not married. Okay. That's, that's a pretty strong definition right out the gate. No, but ground rules. Okay. So a snack is not a meal. Okay. So that's one thing. Okay. So th- we're not talking about breakfast, lunch, or dinner here. We're talking about meals that you eat in addition to those. Okay. A cookie is a sometimes food. I learned this from my friend Cookie Monster. Oh, is that like a song? I think it's like they they briefly tried to make Cookie Monster like an annoying guy who like teaches your kids lessons about nutrition and abandoned that That's after terrible. one week. That's terrible. Okay, so are we talking in general about sometimes foods? No, I mean okay. maybe. I mean, okay. so, like I do. I definitely have snacks every day. So I mean, oh, I have snacks yeah. at least twice a day. Okay, so the ground rules. So. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. So we're not talking about breakfast, lunch, or dinner. We're also not talking about just like ordinary snacks, like what you eat when you're hungry between breakfast and lunch. We're talking about like the ideal. Okay. And so for me, I want to say that my snacks that I mentioned today are going to be somewhat globetrotting. Oh, mine too, for sure. And I just realized I put mine in a separate Google Doc so you wouldn't be spoiled. Oh, you did. And then forgot to print it. So I'm going to pull that up on my phone now. Go ahead and vamp. So what I realized as I was thinking about this and as I was kind of in my mind traveling to all kinds of places to, to steal snacks from those places is that snacks for me are very location dependent Mm-hmm. And very situation dependent. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, and, and like very time of day dependent. An example comes to mind. We usually have cheddar goldfish around the house. And to me, cheddar goldfish are like not one of my favorite snacks. I don't dislike them in any way. Yeah. I just never reach for them. Yes. Right? Yes. And yet, 
there is a bar in downtown Seattle. I don't know if it still exists. I know we've talked about this before, where like for three bucks, they'll sell you a bowl of goldfish to go with your drink. And that sounds perfect. It's And like the last time I was there, which was years ago, like we went through like four bowls of $3 goldfish, like which cost the bar absolutely nothing. And we just loved it. Right? Yeah. Situation it, dependent. Yeah. I think even more than like, you know, regular meals, snacks are so situation dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think those are like ground rules, but the, the, the we're positing a thesis. Yeah. So, but but I think like not choosing like like a basic snack. That's a ground rule for this episode. Right. Right. Because okay. like we've we've talked about Cool Ranch and or Nacho Cheese Doritos enough on this show. I think I did write jalapeno chips on my list, <laughs> but the truth is because they are just so perfect. They are just so perfect. Uh, but they are also an ordinary snack for me. So I don't. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll okay. get there. We should have. We should have. remember one time we had a judge on a bonus episode. We did. It was um, France versus Japan, right? I think we, maybe we should have like uh, gotten a like, certified judge. Is that yeah, a certified, judge. A certified judge? Yeah, it's like a notary, but they come wearing robes. <laughs> but they also have a rubber stamp. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and a gavel. That's what I'm going to start doing for a living. So let me know, everybody, if you need a certified judge. I am self-certified, and, okay. I'll, and I'll judge. All right. So so basically, you're, if, if you just need a judgy person. A judgy person, okay. yeah. Like, like Cookie Monster briefly was. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Matthew, you wrote on the agenda here, is dessert a snack? And I wrote... No. But is a dessert item that would like work perfectly as an after dinner dessert, is that a snack if you eat it outside of mealtime? Like I, <sighs> I made some pudding the other day because wife of the show, Lori, had some dentistry done and needed to eat soft food for a couple of days. And I'm like, great, this is a great opportunity for me to eat pudding. Um, <laughs> and uh, like I've, I've been I haven't been eating that pudding like after dinner. I've been eating it at like 3 p.m. Is that a snack? That's a snack. OK, that's a snack. But uh, I think also so last night, my mom. So my mom hung out with her um, like, you know, grandmother Tonys? age oh. friends, the, the Tonys. Yeah. I've met at least one of the Tonys, maybe two. Now there, there are two Tonys. The third Tony has kind of fallen off a little okay. bit. But anyway, so, so mom, mom was hanging out off. with them. And oh my God, these ladies know how to live. So one of them had made moussaka. Okay. okay. That sounds great. They had moussaka for dinner. I haven't had that in so long. Oh my so God, long. Wait, wait, hold on. Back up. They had Negronis and potato chips. Sure. Then they had moussaka. I think they had a salad or something with it. And then for dessert, they had poire belle Hélène, which are poached pears drizzled with chocolate sauce. Wow. And with ice cream on the side. And I hadn't even thought of that in like years. It feels like such a like 80s or 90s didn't dessert we, to didn't me. Didn't we talk about on the pear episode how yes. your mom was always poaching pears and yes. apparently never stopped? Well, last night, yeah, Claudia, not one of the Tonys, but Claudia. Like, but just, maybe an honorary Tony. Like presented some like poire belle Hélène. Oh, so it was it wasn't even your mom. Who it poached? wasn't even wow. my mom. So maybe like every every woman of that of that era, yes. like just has like some poached pears in their arsenal. Yes. Okay. Anyway, but it makes me think about like what we think of as dessert now, or what I think of as dessert now, as opposed to like what desserts with a capital D used to mean, like in in cookbooks and things like oh, of the eighties yeah. and nineties. You know, it was all like elaborate, multi step things like poire belle Hélène. Yeah. And uh, I, I would still be happy to eat a dessert I like that. Too. I just don't want to make it. But I, this I, is not the dessert episode. This is 
not the this dessert episode. This is the day of perfect snacks. So this, all this to say, what I'm trying to say is it seems like I can't imagine having a poached pear with chocolate sauce and ice cream at 3 As p.m. and calling it a snack. Yeah, that, so, that's like, a little rough. Pudding is a very, like, pudding, of course pudding can be a snack. Yeah, pudding you can is literally very, buy pudding snacks. Yeah, but pudding is a really casual dessert. Pudding is a real like, casual Matthew, dessert. Would you like if you were making molten chocolate cakes just on a regular basis? Would you just make yourself one <laughs> at three in the afternoon? Like that's, that's not a dessert snack. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty bold counterfactual that you <laughs> that you've levied here. Wow, that, those were lots of big words. That uh, that I'm the kind of person who would just be in the habit of making molten <laughs> chocolate cakes just like daily. <laughs> uh, everybody is okay, but here everybody's but, that person. You know, I think there's the like inside. a Trader Joe's molten chocolate cake i haven't bought it in a while but i'm sure there is right i would make that for a snack interesting i don't know if i would okay well it's a good thing we're not actually talking about snacks in general this is the perfect snack episode okay so i want to ask you how do you typically snack take me through a day and skip over all of the non-snack parts of the day okay okay so in the morning there needs to be some sort of like mid-morning snack Yes. I'm going to get hungry by like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. at the latest. And sometimes I will go ahead and eat lunch then. But I, I need a snack in the morning usually. Elevens is, let's yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, on a non-perfect snack day, this is usually like a piece of fruit. Mm-hmm. Or like a little bit of cheese and some crackers. Yeah, as you know, like I'll, I'll talk about mine also, but like I'm not, I'm not really a reach for a piece of fruit kind of person. Mm-hmm. But we've been getting this uh, apple, fruit mostly CSA. apple CSA, and so I have to put on my to do list every day: eat an apple. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! And then do you have like a little checkbox next to it? Well, I write my list in uh, in my um, Japanese day planner. Okay. And yeah, then I check it off. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, I do have to write some ordinary things on there, like take the garbage out yeah. and stuff like that, but not usually eat an apple. That I usually think to do. Okay, so so 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, apple, or something similarly, and I always cut up my apple. No, mm-hmm. like just biting into it. That's... I, I like biting into it, but no I also way. like wedges. You know, also lately, a pear or an Asian pear yeah. is a great 11. Yeah, I was getting some really good Asian pears in the in the box mm-hmm. yeah okay and so then let's talk about afternoon so if i'm really on my game and th- again this is not a perfect day but this is like a, a good snack day the cupboards are newly replenished let's say from the grocery store and i have my pick of whatever i want ah uh, that's how that sounds nice so at like three in the afternoon or maybe two in the afternoon maybe i would make myself a mug of tea and Gosh, I might have a couple graham crackers and some dark chocolate. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that is like so delicious. Sounds like deconstructed s'mores. Yes. And then, ha- wait, Can have I we get discussed? That? Hold the marshmallow. Uh, hold on. Have we discussed my middle of the night snack? Surely we've <sighs> talked about this, right? I assume we have, but like if you ask me, like, what is your middle of the night snack? Like, I, I, just, I don't know. So I have gone through periods in my life. First, like, obviously, when I was breastfeeding, every breastfeeding person is hungry all the time. Yeah. But I, when I was breastfeeding, I used to keep graham crackers on my bedside table and would like chew them in yeah. the in the night while dropping crumbs on my baby's head. Then I figured out it started grossing me out the way they like stick in your teeth. You know, graham oh, crackers I know exactly like what you mean. Yes. instantly turn into like mud. Mush. Yeah, mud. Um. Anyway, so I switched 
to nuts. I decided okay. that like sleeping the rest of the night with nuts in my teeth was probably somehow preferable to graham crackers. <laughs> sure. Did you ask your dentist? But I but I stuck opinion? with it. So like so there was one night last week when we ate like a perfectly normal sized dinner. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, everyone in my family the next morning woke up and we all agreed that in the middle of the night, we were all starving. Like, oh, I don't know what happened, but I was the only one that night who actually got up and did something about it. But so you, you don't still maintain a nut crock on no, your bedside table? Uh, not on my bedside table okay. anymore. But I returned to my nut eating habit last week. And yeah, I got up at 3.30 in the morning and stood in the kitchen and ate a handful of almonds. And the next morning I reported to my spouse that I had had my night almonds. Nice. <laughs> and that night, my spouse got hungry in the middle of the night and they got up and had some night almonds and they were like, that worked really well. It sounds good. Like just yeah. a handful of almonds was like enough to stop the hunger pangs. I don't know why our weird human bodies are getting hungry at like three in the morning. We're eating a totally normal dinner. Yeah, maybe like maybe <laughs> like a gas leak or maybe something. It's, maybe it's winter. Maybe <laughs> our bodies are like turning into bears and we need to like we need to be eating more have you been somehow are. like hot boxing your house with weed smoke uh, that would be fun that's my only theory yeah i do not midnight snack at all the only time i ever midnight snack is when i've recently gotten back from japan and oh. like my tummy thinks it's dinner time i love when you say tummy um and uh, that hasn't happened since january 2020 so yeah. uh i yeah i just don't do you? I know that you're somebody who struggles with insomnia. Do you get hungry in the middle of the night? I don't. Uh, interesting. I if, get annoyed. If I lie there for, for too long, I would say 75% of the time it will result in me getting distractingly hungry. That totally makes sense to me. It just It's just not how I experience the, the dark side of the, of the, <laughs> of the planet. The, yeah, okay. So your day of what's a day of like ordinary to to, to good snacks for okay, you? Okay, so I'll I'll usually snack around ten o'clock okay. and around three o'clock. Okay, certainly varies from day to day. I don't like have like a, a note on my calendar to snack. <laughs> okay, um, my my most common go to snacks I would say are chips, whichever chips are on top of the fridge, mm-hmm. uh, crackers, sometimes cheese and crackers, especially if we have Trader Joe's unexpected cheddar, which is my favorite snacking cheese. Mm-hmm. Nuts, especially roasted hazelnuts or uh, good deluxe mixed nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, or peanuts, if we got peanuts. Peanuts are great. Mm-hmm. And chocolate chips. Great. Uh, so yeah, so I guess I snack pretty well. Yeah, okay. And and so tell me about the chocolate chips. Uh, oh, I think uh, Ghirardelli's 60% chocolate chips are like one of the best snacks in the world. Okay, okay. Or, or, just, or dessert. Like there, I'll, I'll put some into a little cup after dinner. Is there a beverage component? I always have uh, tea in the morning, uh, like when I get up, like with breakfast, and then I usually I usually have tea at a different time than than I snacks. So I usually make my second pot of tea at mm-hmm. like twelve thirty or one. You know, I just realized that I also I didn't I didn't think to mention like uh, my cooking snack. What does that mean? Well, so is this a different crock that you keep by the stove? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's filled with bacon fat and snacks. Um, <laughs> mm, mm, uh, so so like, slippery. So when I am cooking, as I discussed, I believe in like the jalapeno chips episode or something. I really love to have some sort of special beverage, whether it is, you know, of an alcoholic nature or something like flavorful and non-alcoholic. Sure. And a bowl of chips. 
I do love drinking beer while cooking, but I only really do it like once a month maybe. Mm-hmm. I When I am cooking, I will only snack on something that's a component of the dish that I'm cooking. Interesting. Like, I, I won't, never I won't like, reach do that. for anything else 95% of the time. Wow. I never think to do that. But that's like, so interesting. Like I'm especially thinking of like if there's a dish where I've, I had to like crisp up some bacon and then I'm going to add it back in like a carbonara or something, I will definitely be reaching for little nublets of that bacon. Okay. Or like if I chopped some nuts, like to peanuts to go in a pod tie, I'll be like eating little pinches of chopped peanuts. I also think I think that your family tends to eat earlier than my family does. Yeah, so- we're, we're early. Like for me, it, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. Like when we when we moved dinner from six to six thirty to accommodate like works and school schedules, that was a big deal for me. Really? Yeah. I'm always aiming to have dinner on the table at 6.30, and often it's not on the table until 7 or later, even on, like, school nights with a kid. Yeah, like, for me, like, I shoot for 6.30, like, and if I don't have dinner done by 6.40, I feel like I fucked up. Wow, really? I, I know, like, I... I just cannot get it get it together. I, do, I know I don't need to hold myself to the standard. No one cares but me, but, like, I don't know. Wow. Well, anyway, that this may w- explain why I tend to have like an actual like cooking snack because oh, my yeah. dinner's later. Anyway, okay, but uh, this is. But the I don't day- think you need to explain why why you want to have a, a snack while it's cooking. True, it's true. Uh, if I were Julia Child, God, I, you know, like I I love how old school cooking shows always talked about like you know like the 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 treat for the cook. Or, oh yeah, you know, like when you're roasting a chicken and and the cook gets to have the oyster. I, I was just gonna say, or, I still don't 100 percent know what that is, but uh, I know that the cook gets it. I love finding the oysters when I roast a chicken, which I haven't done in ages. But oh my god, it's so satisfying. I bet. Do you think there's like some small percentage of our listeners who think that a chicken has like actual oysters? Like, I hope so. Okay. I hope so. So, Matthew, okay. So we've kind of laid a foundation here against which we're going to contrast our day of perfect snacks. Well, I mean, I hope we're going to like build on that foundation. Okay. Okay. An edifice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. A temple to perfect snacks. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I would visit there. That probably that exists in some way. Like, you know, in, in Japan, they're like, they're like, especially shrines associated with like, you know, finding love or like getting over grief or. Is there I, like a, like a tuna mayonnaise onigiri shrine? There could be. Cause I'd go to that. Okay. I mean, those are definitely for sale, like within a few feet of most shrines, but yeah. I, I in fact, I'm pretty sure I've eaten one on the grounds oh, yeah. of a shrine. Okay. So, Let's go back and forth picking snacks that would appear in our day of perfect snacks. Okay. I like I, I guess I went overboard and like, you know, just made a list of like more snacks than I would actually have in one day. But this is a special day. OK, great, great, great. Go on. I feel like like I don't want this to be just like a best of international snack boxes episode or like me picking only snacks from Japan. But there mm-hmm. will be some of that. For OK, sure. OK. OK, should I go first? Yeah. OK, well. I pulled this up on my phone so I'd be ready to go. And then I uh, went to a different thing on my phone and now I'm not ready to go. I'm realizing I did not have mine organized by like time of day. Oh, I don't have mine organized at all. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. The first one on my list is Walter's Mandler. Oh, that's great. And Walter's Mandler definitely is a snack and not a dessert. Yeah. 
Because okay. it's it's a chocolate bar. It's a big chocolate bar, so it's it's uh, you can share it with your friends or family. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, it's a Norwegian chocolate bar, right? Yeah, Norwegian. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure that uh, is not easily available in the U.S. Our friend of the show, uh, listener Judah. Uh, sends them, sends them to, to us. us. <laughs> and it's a it's a salty roasted almond chocolate bar, milk chocolate bar that is perfect in every way. It is absolutely perfect in every way. Okay, the first one on my list is onigiri. Yeah. And it must come from a kombini or a Japanese convenience store. Yeah. And I really had a hard time deciding whether I would want it to be like the um like the the grilled salmon onigiri mm-hmm. or whether I wanted it to be I think what they call tuna mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh, and I went with tuna mayonnaise. And and that actually I do have a specific time of day for. That is my 11s. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I don't as you know I'm I'm mm-hmm. uh, mayophobic so that's not not my favorite favorite onigiri but like you know one of the other ones i'm right there with you. okay okay yeah what a perfect does snack. yours come from a particular like chain of kombini like do you prefer family mart over lawson or no, 7-eleven or i i think the 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 basic onigiri lineup at all of them is very good mm-hmm. um for for like the premium ones that are gonna have like a chunk of grilled salmon or something i do like the lawson ones but i think it's mostly because i find the packaging very appealing i haven't mm-hmm. done like a taste test okay they're okay. all good okay oh it's my turn again yeah what's right. next on your list next on my list taiwanese popcorn chicken oh <gasps> uh, do you have to be in taiwan not necessarily. I mean, this is something that is sold at Taiwanese restaurants outside of Taiwan, but I would prefer to be in Taiwan. And so tell me how it differs from like popcorn chickens or like just little bits of fried chicken. <laughs> I mean, it is little bits of fried chicken. The The main difference that I associate with the Taiwanese one is that it often has fried herbs in it and usually five spice powder. Okay. Um, like maybe in the, in the marinade for the chicken. And okay. so it has like, and I'm not even like generally a big fan of five spice powder but it's just like so perfect in this preparation mm-hmm. um like you know i can really like taste it with my mind's mouth mm. um it is, is there a sauce uh not usually no okay. Okay. um and it's it's the kind of thing you'd like eat out of like a you know a paper cone or like mm. a, a, a paper bowl mm-hmm. and like because it's popcorn chicken like popcorn chicken does not feel like a meal to me purely because of the format of the chicken yes like, yes. you know, fried chicken, that's totally a meal. Like, even chicken nuggets could be, or chicken strips could be a meal. But but it gets down to popcorn chicken size, like, that's a snack. You know, this? okay, this totally makes sense to me. I'm thinking about, like, French fries versus a baked potato. Yes, Like, absolutely. a baked potato, granted, you know, you usually put a whole bunch of crap on top that make it, you know, yeah. a, a many-layered meal size thing. Yeah, and but uh, I would M-L-M-S-T. never but I, MST. Yes. But I would never look at like a cone of French fries and be like, mmm, lunch. Like yeah. that is definitively a snack. The same way that popcorn like popcorn chicken is to fried chicken as French fries are to a baked potato. Is this working? Maybe. Like, they're, I mean, I, I feel like fried chicken is like popcorn chicken, only bigger, but a baked potato isn't fried. But yeah, I see where you're going okay. with that. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, my next one yeah. is a beverage. And okay, it's, yeah, we're going to need to argue about this. And it's the Cafe Nico at Vivace. I okay. don't think a beverage is a snack. Uh, shut I up. I love the Cafe Nico. Okay. But like like if you said if you said to someone like 
I'm going to I'm going to get a snack and you yeah. came back with a drink. Yeah. They might they might want to check on you. No, I agree. But, but also it's a great snack. Sometimes I sometimes a snack for me often a snack is because I'm hungry, but there are certain occasions where a snack is like, oh, that just sounds so good right now. Now, so a Cafe Nico is an espresso drink served in, you know, the tiny little espresso cup. Yeah. And it's kind of like a macchiato in that it has a little bit of milk, but, or, you know, frothed milk, but it has, I think, what, like orange peel, a little bit of cinnamon, stuff I would usually not want anywhere near my coffee. Vanilla syrup, I think. I would usually laugh aloud. At yeah, the no, it does this. not sound like my kind of drink either, but it is so good. But what I'm trying to say is I don't want that as my morning coffee. Right. Then when else would I have it? Maybe, maybe there is room for a new word that is a drink that functions as a snack. And maybe we could call that a drac. No, we can't because that's already short for Dracula. Oh, what about um, a snevridge? <laughs> okay, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Or a snink. A snink. Okay. Um, no, I, I think I like snevridge better. <laughs> I think we're going to forget both of these by the time the episode. No, I think over. both of these terms are, are going to become very popular once this <laughs> a episode. Snevridge airs. and a snink. Okay. Yeah, because no, like a frappuccino is like a snevridge. It is a snevridge. Right? You're not going to have that in place of your morning coffee. But you're also not going to have it like after dinner. Probably not. When are you going to have it? It's a snevridge. It's, it's a snevridge. It's a classic snevridge. It's also a snink. It's both. Okay. Great. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day, and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today my next day of perfect snack item is this this would absolutely absolutely be at the top of my list really okay it's pondering <gasps> the uh yes. the donut from mr donut in uh in japan and yes it is it's a donut the dough is made with mochi so it's kind of uh like chewy and stretchy mm-hmm and it is made of like eight balls of dough fused together that can be pulled apart mm-hmm. into into what look like little donut holes. Into what look like little donut holes. It's it's the greatest feat of human engineering, probably. And would you have the plain or the glazed? The glazed. Okay, I think you know what I did not have the pondering on my my list, but. I'm going to put in there the Japanese sweet potato pondering, like oh, the seasonal yes. one. Yes, that is very good, That too. is really good. You know, like those those purple purple skin, kind of white-fleshed potatoes. They it's, probably have it right now. It's that flavor 
with the chewiness, the friedness. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and you're so right. Like, I don't really want a pondering for breakfast. No. You know, I don't really enjoy having a donut for breakfast, but I love having a donut for snack. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. My next one is the heel of a very good baguette. Oh, that is such a good pick. Because, you know, again, like, you know, let's say you're in in France and you've got good bakeries all over the place. Just imagine that feeling of like walking home at the end of the day or whatever. You stop and get your baguette. Maybe it's still a tiny bit warm and you break off the I think it's the quignon. I think is, is the that, is the French word for the heel of it. I think, and is that word only for the heel of bread? It doesn't just I'm, mean heel in general. I think. Wow. I think. I'm not sure. Also, isn't that a hairstyle? No. Okay. Close. In the right moment with really good bread, it's hard to beat that. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes I'll have a piece of toast or half an English muffin for a snack. I split an English muffin with my mom this weekend. We were like over at a cousin's house and we were both a little nibbly. Would it be, is that the end of the story? <laughs> okay. No, but what I was going to say is I put a lot of butter on it yeah. and, and it was unsalted butter. So you would think it wouldn't be that great. It was so delicious. I mean, it was the kind of thing where like I could feel a little butter dripping in my mouth like as <laughs> yeah. I took bites. It was fantastic. Did you get like butter on your face? I, that happens to me sometimes. I don't know. Nobody told me if I did, but I also had a napkin. Okay, well, I have something to tell you. Okay, <laughs> great, thanks. <laughs> All right, I, I already forgot what your pick was. No, uh, it was the, my pick. The heel of a Oh, no, no, it was the, it was the uh, yeah, the, the heel of the baguette. Heel. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. Go on. My next one, this is a real niche item that I don't know if it exists anymore, but I think I think like discontinued snacks are fair mm-hmm. game for a mm-hmm. day of perfect snacks. Okay. The Korean hazelnut Snickers bar. So, so only available, like made in Korea? Made in Korea okay. and, and only available in, in that region. I've had some hazelnuts. I had the American hazelnut Snickers, which I think is okay. Okay. Uh, and I think I've even had like other regional hazelnut Snickers, but the Korean is by far, it's the real one that really tastes like they put a bunch of fucking hazelnuts in there. And wow. Like someone sent me some and it was, and like, you know, that was probably the best time of my life. You know what? Maybe we have a listener in, in Korea who is really interested in sending us some. I have a coworker who lives in Seoul. Maybe I yeah, could ask. Yeah, I think you should. Maybe we could trade. So my next one is something that I, I really have only had a couple of times in my life. And this is the Italian, specifically uh, Pugliese cracker tarali. Oh, I Are you saw familiar you wrote, with these? You put this on the list and I don't know. I didn't know what it was. Okay. So tarali uh, are a type of cracker. I believe they are, uh, you know, a regional specialty of Puglia. Okay. They're the shape of a donut. Okay. They're small. They're maybe like silver dollar size. A little bigger than an American quarter. I do. I think and, I know what you mean. I think I've seen these for sale at De Laurenti, maybe. Yes, okay. you have seen them at De Laurenti. Um, there, there is generally there's usually olive oil in the dough, and and so they have this wonderful flaky crunch to them. It's they're yes. fantastic, and they come in either like plain flavors or fennel seed, mm-hmm. or sometimes like black pepper. Anyway, it is a very, you know, normal thing in parts of Italy, especially Puglia, to at aperitivo time be presented with a little bowl of tarali along with your Campari and soda. It's the equivalent of our uh, cheddar goldfish crack. Yes, exactly. Anyway, and I mean, talk about like situation and location 
dependent. Yeah, gotta be in Puglia for this one. But yeah, so Louisa Weiss, distant friend of the show. Okay. Louisa Weiss, uh, food blogger behind the Wednesday Chef. Uh-huh. Uh, Louisa Weiss. Did something happen? Well, no, <laughs> she, she. Well, no, but like we've never, we've yeah, never we, talked we, we, about her on the show, have we? Oh, we've definitely talked about her on the oh, show okay, many so, times. So, friend of the show, Louisa Weiss. Louisa got married in the Marche region of Italy Ooh, yeah. ten years ago. Uh, happy belated anniversary! I got to go to her wedding, and my mom and I went to Puglia afterwards, and kind of wow. had a little vacation together. That was, I think, that was like the last. That's time the I, heel of Italy. Right? Not quite. Which one's the heel? Uh, is it Basilicata, Campania? I think Puglia is the heel. Is Puglia the heel? I think it's heel? the Quignon of Italy. Good God, I've been there and yet I, I don't know. Because we, we had this conversation oh, recently God. and I didn't know what Basilicata was, but uh, I think Puglia is the heel. Hold on, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, I let's see who can get there faster. It's a race to the bottom. God, you're right, it's the heel. Bang. God, I've, I've never, I've never been to Italy. God, I'm an idiot. I've even been there. No, it's, it's fine. Like I think probably, it was ten years ago. Yeah, and like you know, if you ask like like the average American to like like put names on like a map of the U.S., they'd be like, I don't know, like what's Idaho? Maybe it's the same in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I distinctly remember sitting with my mom and having a Campari and soda and a bowl of Tarali. And can you tell I've been feeling nostalgic lately for, yeah, me too. for travel? No, I think about the Pondering every day, multiple times. I spend a lot of time indulging. Like, I know people, I, like, nostalgia gets such a bad fucking rap. But sure. I spend a lot of time, I allot myself a lot of time to travel in my mind to places I have not been to in a long time and to hang out there and to, like, really feel it. Like, it's a, like a physical sensation. I think that's very healthy. I love it. I no, do it I think, all the time. I think nostalgia is bad when you're like, you know, the 50s. That was a good, that was the best time right, in America. Like World War II. Right. What a fun time. The greatest time. generation. Yeah. 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 I think, I think like reminiscing about a thing that made you happy is not what people are talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess. Oh, like they're talking about making America great again. Yeah, yeah. If that's like all you did was just like lie around and think about your days in Puglia, wherever that may be. I mean, sometimes I want yeah, to. That's but fair. I don't. So, anyway. Yeah. I think I'm maybe have too many because I have like five more. I started to short circuit a little bit. Okay. My, my nostalgia carried me away. Okay, so here's what I'm going to attempt to do. I'm going to have my final pick be a segue into our next segment, which oh. is our which is a new segment. Okay, okay. All right? Okay, yeah. So one of mine is an oyaki from Refute, which is a, um, a little pancake shop outside of Nakano Station in mm-hmm. Tokyo. They have several flavors. So they, these Why are, have I never been there? I don't know. Matthew. I'll take you there next time. God. We're gonna, we'll go to Japan together again, right? I, yeah. Okay. It is a little savory. Well, no, it's savory or sweet pancakes, but mo- I guess mostly sweet pancakes. Um, and they are made in like a cast iron uh, mold, like a griddle that has indentations. So the pancakes have like a perfectly circular shape and they're kind of thick. Okay. And the the one to get is the classic red bean paste. Okay. And is it filled? It is filled. It's a filled pancake. So they put in a little a little batter. They put in a dollop of red bean paste, and then uh, they put uh, some more batter on top. They flip it. It's cheap and it's super hot. Burn your tongue, so you you have to like you know wait for it to cool a little before you eat it. And it's one of the things in Japan that's totally acceptable to eat while walking down the street, which is generally frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And 
this was like a big breakthrough for me when I was trying to convince myself to like red bean paste, which I really found challenging, Mm -hmm. but is a beloved ingredient in Japan. And I found one day, like it was a cold day and I'm like, I want one of those red bean paste pancakes. And I got it and it was so hot and it was so delicious. Ah, that sounds fantastic. Do I remember, okay, so as you're leaving Nakano Station, walking toward the Sun Mall, is it on the right at the entrance of the Sun Mall? Next to the stand-up soba udon stand. Okay, I think I know where it is. Like across the aisle from the Castella Cake place. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. I know. All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, and we'll go to Bar Victoria. Oh, yes. Um, okay. So do you, do you have any other picks or is that, is that our day of perfect You know, snacks? I'm going to leave it there. Those yeah. are the ones that came to me first and I really want to, I, I really want to keep it perfect. Yeah, I agree. Oh, wow. Thank you, listener Harriet. Yeah. That was really fun. Oh. Okay. So are you Make ready for a new- snacks great again. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, are you ready for a new segment? I am. Okay. This segment is called Playing Catch-Up with Matthew. I have a feeling I know what this segment is about. Boop, okay. boop, 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 So we recently did, maybe even, anyway, recently did an omurice recipe uh, with uh, special guest Brian Washington. Uh, and we talked about uh, this Japanese fried rice omelet that is usually made with ketchup in the filling and very often served with a drizzle or even like a big dollop of ketchup on top. And I hate ketchup so much. But I remember you texting me after you made this because it has ketchup worked into the fried rice. Right. And I remember you saying like it was delicious. It was delicious. But Brian's recipe for the, you know, the ketchup is like cooked into the fried rice. So it doesn't it doesn't like read like ketchup. And then for the topping, the the sauce has ketchup in it, but it also has some other things in it mm-hmm. that I do like. Yeah. So I was able to pretend it wasn't there. Okay. But th- but I was saying like during that episode, like my life would just be easier if I could accept ketchup because it comes up. People love it. Like mm-hmm. I'm the problem here for sure. And so I'm like, wait a minute. Once I learned to to accept red bean paste, what if I could do the same thing for ketchup? I have a question about red bean paste yeah. before we move on. So did you have you come to really like it or do you just tolerate it? I would say I like in the in the scheme of like things that I might find in a, as a dessert filling, I would give it like a six. Okay. So like I'm never unless I'm going to that one pancake place, I'm not going to choose it over chocolate or like, you know, vanilla pastry cream or something. Okay. So it's not it's not my favorite in the right context. Like it is the thing I'll order. And now I am fine, totally fine with it in any context. Like if I've served it, I will eat it. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, Whereas like literally, you know, if you serve me ketchup, like I need to like figure out a way out of the situation. Like I might, I might flee on foot. Can I ask a couple more questions? Ketchup, does it evoke like a, like a disgust? A disgust. Yeah, for sure. So that's really different though from this red bean paste. Oh, I thought I found it pretty disgusting before I got to like it. Okay. Like not, not to the same extent as ketchup. Cause just cause I hadn't been exposed to it as much maybe, Mm -hmm. but, uh, like it sounded, it sounded like very much not my thing. Okay. Okay. All right, Matthew. So So, what did you do? I don't have a good explanation for why I don't like ketchup, but I was like, maybe I can become a a person. Yes. (laughs) Um, who lives in society rather than like a a Unabomber type. Uh, so I, here's what I've done so far. So, so my goal is like by the end of this experiment, however long it may last to, to feel like anytime if I'm served ketchup, I will be able to get through it and maybe even enjoy it. 
Okay. And so the first thing I did was I went down to Little Woody's, my favorite local burger place. Okay. And I ordered a burger with all things I like plus ketchup. So I just got cheddar cheese, grilled onions, and ketchup. Okay. But this was a big commitment. I mean, oh, what, yeah. like a burger, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, a burger's a good idea because there's so much flavor in the other components of it, right? But also, like, you didn't get to control the amount of ketchup that went on nope. that. And it was like a full meal covered in ketchup. Right, because I knew it, first of all, like, I didn't want to, like, squeeze a ketchup packet. I am not ready for that. And also, I knew, like, if it was up to me, I would, like, you know, put it on, like, a tiny little uh, segment of the burger and, like... I'm fascinated fascinated by this because my my spouse as you may recall has a real fruit aversion yeah like they are fully like like squicked out by fruit all fruit all fruit and i can put like lemon juice in a dish and they will eat it they can even see me do it and and they will eat it they can now like cut up an apple or pear or whatever for june but they are physically repulsed by fruit and they would never do something like this. I, I And I, I'm not saying that as like a judgment against them. Like what you did is a very surprising thing. I Yeah, no, I'm surprised too. So I got this burger. I, it was a rainy day in Seattle. I uh, didn't have a plan for where I was going to eat it. So I just ate it walking down the street and I ate the whole burger. So could you see the ketchup? Oh, yeah. Could you taste the ketchup? Yes, absolutely. Uh, did you? I do think the grilled onions like went a long way, and that without it, it would have been much more challenging. Okay, how did you feel about like feeling the ketchup like at the corners of your mouth? So I had, I definitely had very like like moments of revulsion. And then I was like, you know, this is a burger and this is like the topping, like probably the most popular burger topping. Like I can do this. And like, I like the burger flavor. I like all the flavors. Like I can even be okay with the ketchup flavor, I think. And I, you know, I finished the whole thing. And would you do it again? I'm going to do it again. Like, do I want to? Not really, but I'm going to. And I also, I like, I did phase two. I've now had ketchup twice Okay, because I made myself a snack. Of uh, frozen French fries, like the uh, the shoestring fries, which are my favorite format of frozen French fries. I like like to overbake them a little bit, and I'm like, I'm going to make myself a little bowl of fries. I'm going to dip every fry in ketchup, and I did. And what did you think of fries and ketchup? Had you ever had it before? Never. Wow. What did you think? I feel like this should, there's something like analogous to this that like, you know, it's I know it sounds like I, I just arrived from another planet. Yes. Yes. You're uh, you're Brendan Fraser in Encino Man. I'm Encino Man. I yeah. love how often we've I think we've referenced this, sh- this movie, movie at least seen. twice. I've, I've never seen it either. And I'm, and I'm scared of uh, to see it. Like, like ketchup. Yeah. No, I, I would say it. We should okay. probably watch that. Yeah, I don't want to. Okay, okay. go on. Um. Like, I, I, once I got in a rhythm with it, I liked it. I was a little afraid of getting too much ketchup on any one mm, fry, but okay. I did, like, get enough to taste. And, like, ketchup is made from all things that I like. Yes. The reason I don't like ketchup at this point, at this point is, like, inertia. I don't know why I originally didn't like it, but then I got it in my head that this is a scary thing that I need to, like, run away from. And, and I'm tired of living my life that way. Wow, man. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to move on. Like, I, I think I'm going to come to a point where I can accept it, but maybe not like it, which is good enough. Okay. I, then do I move on to mustard or mayo? I don't know. I can't think about that yet. Okay. Okay. No, th- I'm so impressed with this. Um, Thank you. Wow. Okay. When are you going to do, you know, the second burger? Uh, okay, so to be honest, I had some like leftover ground beef for making mapo tofu, and I'm like, I'm gonna make myself a burger for breakfast, and I'm gonna put ketchup on it. 
I love a burger for breakfast. I could not bring myself to put ketchup on it at like 7.30 in the morning. I cannot imagine eating a hamburger at 7.30 so in the morning. So great. It's, it's, I mean, it's like leftover pizza, only, only it's a burger. I'm going to come to your house at 7.30 in the morning. And you okay. can, part of what I don't want Just at 7.30 like, in the morning unexpectedly. Is, is the lingering smell of cooked hamburger that like is, grease that is at fair, 7.30 in the but morning. But like, I mean, just our, we, we live in a, in a house of lingering smells. Like, I feel like this could be like the name of like a really house successful, like dramatic, smells. like family, you know what? family we've, saga novel. Like we've the, never done an episode about like, sand and fog. Uh, about like, uh, cooking smells because, well, so both. <laughs> you mean the smell of things being cooked or literally trying to cook smells? No, but uh, no, like. Cook, yeah, no, you're right. We should do, we should do an episode on cooking smells. You live in a, an apartment that you do have a, a fan over your stove. That I don't think does anything. You have wall-to-wall carpeting mm-hmm. and, like, not a tremendous amount of cross-ventilation. Right. I live in a house with no exhaust hood, but much less carpeting and, I think, maybe more ventilation. But even I – like, I just said a minute ago that I haven't cooked a roasted chicken in ages. Well, I stopped roasting, chick- like, whole chickens because – I could not handle having my house smell like roasted chicken for three days afterwards. I think this is just something I don't care about, but I would like to do an episode on it. My mother is someone who cares a lot about this, and I've always like hated how much she cares about it. And so I don't mind my house like filling with the smell of cooking onions or whatever, but there's something about the smell of animal fat lingering in my house. Like like if I like fry fish, that definitely lingers. I'm afraid of like actual bad smells. Like I found some moldy spaghetti sauce in the fridge that smelled real bad as it was going down the, the garbage disposal and I was like oh no is how long is this smell going to stick around what if it's forever I think I think it's gone now interesting I I somehow feel like there's something that really grosses me out about the thought of like all these aerosolized animal fat particles sure. in the air. You know what what day it was when I found that uh, that moldy spaghetti sauce? What day? It was Halloween. <gasps> so spooky. It was the sp- <laughs> oh, truly wow. the spookiest day. Oh, that's so spooky. Okay, we gotta wrap this God, up. God, this has um, been a very a, long I've episode. I got a now but wow for you. Great. Um, and, uh, and then we're gonna get the hell out of here. My Now But Wow is not a new book, but the author does have a new book in translation coming out soon, and every book of hers to me is an event. It is The book I'm picking this time, though, is Record of a Night Too Brief by Hiromi Kawakami, mm-hmm. um, whose best-known book is called either Strange Weather in Tokyo or The Briefcase, depending on which translation you're reading. But this book, it's a short story collection, and the flagship of the collection is this novella called uh, Record of a Night Too Brief that is pure stream of consciousness, magical realism fantasy, which is not a genre that I typically go for, but I will read any and all things Kawakami. And it is, it's just like pure, like sensory overload. It is so much fun. It doesn't make the slightest bit of sense. It's just like weird and beautiful. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. So that's Record of a Night Too Brief by Hiromi Kawakami. That's right. Great. Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. You can rate and review her wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Abby Dead. loves that. Yeah. You can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. And uh, is there anything we want people to, to 
chime in about to tell well, us about? You know, we could always use some listener mail contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com if you've got a question that we could answer on the show for mm. you. Yeah, for sure. You know, as always, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that is hosted by a couple of heels. <laughs> I'm heel number one. And I'm heel number three. Wow. Maybe someday my body will get on schedule with our show, but probably not. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.